The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now a little bit about what we do at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Yes, we are chiropractors. Though that being said, I will say that what we do is a little bit different. So our specialty, which is structural correction, is what less than 2% of chiropractors do. So, you know, all chiropractic is great. Let's be honest. If you're getting adjusted, that makes me happy. Our specialty looks at a little bit more in terms of advanced certification. So we look at neuromuscular re-education. So you can get adjusted your whole life and your spine stays the same in terms of structure. Now, our specialty, we look at more of neuromuscular re-education. We still do manual adjustments, which means they happen with our hands. But we do... Uh, we don't do rotary adjustments, which are the twisting adjustments. Ours are more tractional adjustments. So the y-axis traction, um, we do cervical lifts. So they all, um, so the average eye, it might look the same. But from a technique standpoint, that is one of the aspects when we look at different pre and post x-rays, um, the neuromuscular education. It's one of the things where um, when ordinary medicine and chiropractic have failed, that is often where patients see results in our office because they because of just more of the advanced knowledge and certification. Let me give you an example. You should have a forwards curvature. And we're going to talk about this a little bit throughout. You should have a forward curve. If it flattens or go backwards, it could be the result of small repetitive micro traumas. It could be large traumas. Or it could be that you have underlying ligamentous damage. And so one of the x-rays that we do in the office is considered an A to P open mouth. So you open up your mouth and it lets us see the C1, C2 junction. Why that's important? Because it allows us to see upper cervical instability. That ADI, it's the atlantodental inner space, kind of a gap in between two bones. And if one side is larger, it lets us know that there's ligament damage. If it's the same on both sides, but you have a neurological problem, migraine headaches, um, vertigo, Meniere's, Bell's palsy, right? Like an upper cervical symptom. Then we would do lateral flexion that lets us see if there's instability on both sides. We do a base posterior. So the average person that doesn't mean a lot, but I do actually know that there are 
a lot of medical professionals who are listening right now. And so medical doctors, pediatricians, all of that have been referring to us in the last several years. Know that we appreciate your trust in our knowledge base. But that's being one where one of the reasons why patients said, you know, I've seen a chiropractor and it doesn't necessarily make movement with my migraines, for example, because if there's upper cervical instability, that's one that there has to be more advancement in terms of what you're looking at. So often, you know, people say, well, I just didn't, I saw a chiropractor and I didn't think you were any different. If they're not going through that, if they're not explaining to you that they're looking for that ligament, if they're not going through specific home care, right? So patients in our office, we give them additional abilities to be able to hold their adjustments for longer. It's not the adjustment, it's how long you hold the adjustment. So the more ability we have to start retraining that muscle to help set the adjustment in place so that you hold them for as long as possible, it's another win, right? So just the big picture of things is that so oftentimes people say, well, you know, my doctor said I can't see a chiropractor. And you know, my question is always, why? You know, and if they think that we just do the rotary adjustments and you have advanced degenerative changes or you have a compromise in your disc or spinal stenosis, this is something that is down our alley. That is literally our knowledge base in terms of, of what we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. So that is always one where I say, give it a little bit of a try. I'm going to explain a little bit more today in depth about our knowledge base when it comes to sciatica. Uh, spinal stenosis, arthritis. People say, well, I have arthritis, osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease. That is something, some of the aspects of what we specialize in. So today is part two. So thank you, John, for reminding me uh, that today is part two of common spine issues. So before we dive down deep into that, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's Health in the News. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about today's health in the news. Today's health in the news. Menopause symptoms cost billions, billions in medical expenses and lost days of work, study suggests. So symptoms linked to menopause, such as hot flashes, night sweats, and sleep disturbances can add up to billions of dollars in medical expenses and lost productivity in the workplace. According to a study published this past week in the journal Mayo Clinic Proceedings, researchers surveyed about 5,000 women aged 45 to 60 who are primary care patients at Mayo Clinic. 4,440 of the women were employed at the time of the study. A full 13% of women we surveyed experienced an adverse work outcome related to menopause symptoms, and about 11% were missing days of work because of these symptoms. <laughs> um, this comes from Stephanie Fabion, the study's lead author and the director of Mayo Clinic Women's Health in a news release. 
The survey, given in 2021, assessed the women's symptoms using a menopause rating scale. Researchers found that the mean total MRS menopause rating scale was 12.1, which indicates, quote, moderate menopause symptom burden. Metapause symptoms pose workplace challenges that may manifest at a higher level of lost work productivity, lost work days, and a greater number of outpatient medical visits, the research showed. 2020 U.S. Census data to the identity of the number of women's 45 to 60. Researchers estimate that the annual cost of work days lost is $1.8 billion dollars. And that nearly $25 billion in medical costs can be attributed to menopause. The estimate does not include the cost related to reduced work hours or the loss of employment, early retirement, or changing jobs. Uh, the study's limitation included the majority of the participants were white, married, and college-educated. Clinicians need to ask women about menopause symptoms and offer guidance and treatment. Employers need to create and implement workplace strategies and policies to help Women navigate this universal life transition. Menopause is typically between 45 and 55 when ovaries stop producing estrogen, progesterone, according to the U.S. Center for Disease Control. That is the entire article. So here's here's just what I wonder. So I actually looked at the 13-page article um, about symptoms and this, um, you know, MRS score and how it was tallied all of it was i just it was um i've not gone through menopause right so let's start there um though interestingly enough the change in hormones when a woman goes through menopause are the same hormonal imbalance that women have while they are nursing so if you're breastfeeding that same so like dry hair dry skin Vaginal dryness, loss of um, sex drive, weight gain, bloating, um, hot flashes, night sweats, all of those things. So I have not gone through actual menopause. I've gone through what would um, I would consider. No, no, this is not a medical terminology. Nursing menopause. And I get it. It's awful. But also, I had a newborn doing that. So <laughs> And I didn't miss any days, you know, it's just, it's, I, um, so I think it's interesting. I tried to do a deeper dive into like, why are we missing this much work, you know? And is it one where, you know, it's hot flashes, which uh, I've had women in the office that I have employed and they're wonderful and they've had hot flashes. No one's yet asked to go home because of them, <laughs> Night sweats, night sweats. If you were postpartum, you know, but I've, I've never had anyone miss work in the office because of night sweats, sleep disturbances. Yes, I can understand that 100%. I have a, a gaggle of small children currently, and I'm struggling with that, not going through all of it. But again, I, you know, are, are you calling off of work of several days because you didn't sleep well? Um, and then I, I just wonder when I look at like this estimate does not include the reduced hours to loss of employment are people getting fired because of this 
They're retiring early because of it. They're changing jobs because of it. What does a new job think about the fact that they're going through menopause? All of this just blows my mind, right? And it's just like, what, what is, what's happening? And why is it like some are mild symptoms, some are severe symptoms. I had patients who didn't even know they were going through menopause until they were on the other side of things. The only thing I can think about is this smells like they're trying to come up with another pill. They're going to do this big hormone replacement therapy, right? Because they're like, oh my gosh, you're going through menopause? No way. That's a diagnosis. You should see a doctor. And they're like, hormone replacement therapy, Premarin. And you're like, that's pregnant Mars urine. It's full of estrogen. And by the way, it helps increase all of these estrogen-driven cancers. And they're like, no, it doesn't. It decreases it. You're like, does it really, though? Does it? Just, I'm like, what? What? I just feel like there might be an agenda behind it. And I don't know what it is yet. So I'm going to speak this uh, now, knowing full well that, oh, here we go, potential competing interests, scroll down to the end of the 13 pages. Um, grants have been received by pharmaceuticals, one, two, three, four different types, and include patent, planned, issued, and pending for analysis and answering questions, consulting fees, Procter & Gamble. Oh, man, I can't believe I didn't scroll down earlier. Um Yep, more pharmaceutical companies, grants or supports for pharmaceuticals, payment and developing education for pharmaceuticals, will be management. <laughs> and after almost a page long of potential competing interest, it says the other authors report no competing interests. So I only time will tell what they come up with this. But those are ones where you're like, let's look at rebalancing your hormones naturally now. What if we can get through that? And here's the thing. Your brain is probably trying to think, Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, why did you choose this article if you don't necessarily agree with most of the stuff that you say? That's part of the health in the news. But also my news um, basket of what I have to deal with today has to deal with COVID sniffing dogs, right? Because apparently now they have COVID sniffing dogs that they're putting into kindergarten through 12 schools. Or the other one was about new research suggests that French fries might be linked to depression. So here we are. On that note, we're going to break off, get excited to go back, help explain more about what spinal stenosis, degeneration, and sciatic is, and how we can help next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. To schedule your initial exam and consultation.
Today we are talking about common spinal problems. Last week we talked about disc herniations or disc bulges. I would say one of the more common that we're going to talk about this week is sciatica. Sometimes people will call it sciatica because it's S-C, sciatica. So what is it? Now, okay, and let me tell you this too. Dr. Google brings a lot of you guys into our office. (laughs) And that's when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure I have a brain tumor and I'm about to be dead. And you're like, did did Google also tell you that you have drank no water in the last four days? You are massively dehydrated and that's why your brain hurts. Like, no, no, it's a brain tumor. You're dying. Okay. Drink some water. Now, this is one where I will say that it is very often that if Dr. Google <laughs> diagnoses you with sciatica, nine times out of 10, that's actually probably one of the more accurate diagnosis, if you will, that I see is that they're like, well, I've got sciatica. I'm like, you do. You actually, this is exactly. So sciatica is the pain that starts in your lower back and shoots down your leg, sometimes to your feet. Now, here's what's really interesting that sometimes people will have a hard time understanding. They might have the hip pain. They might have the pain that radiates down the leg. And it might stop at the knee. It might go down to the ankle. It might go down into the toes. Like it shoots down. It doesn't always start with pain in your lower back. And this is confusing to people because they will, they'll say, well, it's not, I don't really feel any pain in my lower back, but it's in my leg. And you're like, yes, the nerve root, uh, 7% of a nerve root actually feels pain. 93 is function, which is why also when you're experiencing that compression in the nerves in your lower back, it also can um, be experienced from like an intestinal standpoint. Like a lot of the times people will have uh, more an increase in bowel movement, diarrhea, um, but bowel-related issues or bladder-related issues. They might feel an uh, increased urge or sensation in terms of bladder. So it doesn't necessarily have to be back pain. And I feel like that's just the like 10% that is typically missed when we self-diagnose on Google is that we say, but I don't have any pain in my lower back. So I don't think it's coming from my lower back. It's more in my leg. That's not true. It can be compression that you just don't necessarily experience that lower back pain. Some people, though, will experience sharp pain or intense. Others might get tingling or experience weakness or numbness in their legs. Like that all comes back. Um, they, <laughs> I was looking. So here's what I'll typically see this is uh, WebMDs non-surgical option physical therapy bed rest hot cold packs alternative therapies yoga massage biofeedback acupuncture and medicine acetaminophen edsads um so let's break that down a little bit because i see this i see this path a lot happen most often in my office greenwood family chiropractor this is how it works you go, you have this pain, right? And you do all of the superficial things that you know to. And this is not just for sciatic. This is for disc-related issues, spinal stenosis, um, degeneration, degenerative disc disease, osteoarthritis, right? 
it starts off with an increase in pain. And we do the things where we like give it a little bit of time. We take it easy for a couple days. We might take some over-the-counter ibuprofen, uh, you know, aspirin, Tylenol, Aleve. We give it some time. It doesn't get better. We're like, let's do some hot and cold packs. So we do cold packs for several minutes. We'll do heat on it for a little bit. And it might see a little bit, but not much. You're like, okay, what else can I do? And they're like, let's do some stretching. So we do some stretching. They're like, maybe my back hurts because of my mattress, right? How old is this mattress? We've had it for a while. Let's get a new mattress. Yeah, so you get the new mattress and you're like, feels a little bit better, but my back still hurts. And you're like, well, we didn't replace the pillows. And they're like, well, maybe it's the pillows. So you get new pillows, right? And you're like, I'm going to go in for some massage. And you see a little bit of relief with the massage. And you're like, all right, that's good. And you go back at it and you're like, all right, let's... uh, But then you just keep having these exacerbations. So you go to the doctor and they're like, all right, so we're going to go to the doctor. And you're like, what does that look like? And they're like, oh, man, if you've had it for a while and you've done all of the superficial things of the stretching and strengthening and icing and the over the counter pain relief, like, let's send you to physical therapy. They're like, "Okay, what's the physical therapy for? And they're like, generalized back pain. And you're like, well, what should we take x-rays? And they're like, no, insurance will often dictate our care. So instead of taking x-rays, we'll send you to physical therapy, do six to eight weeks of that, and then they'll send you back if it doesn't work. So you go to physical therapy, right? And it's, the, you know, six to eight weeks of physical therapy. They do stretching, they do strengthening, they do stim, right? So they put the little pads on your back and... You're like, okay, well, I might feel the same or a little bit better. And they're like, do all of these exercises. And you do them for a little bit, but then all of a sudden it comes back. So you go back to your medical doctor. And that medical doctor says, all right, well, now that you've checked the box of conservative care, let's do x-rays. So they send you out for x-rays and they say, all right, yes, it looks like you have blank diagnosis. So fill in the blank. You have degeneration. You have bone spurs. You have degenerative disc disease. You have spinal stenosis. And if it's bad enough like that, they'll say, let's do a secondary of an MRI where it can look at soft tissue. And they say, well, let's try some steroids, five-day steroid pack to see if it, quote, decreases the inflammation. And you're like, that's really great. But then still my question is, what caused the initial inflammation? Because a lack of prednisone, a lack of steroids is not what caused it. So we can't inevitably think that that's the totality of the solution. And you feel a little bit better. You're like, all right, but it's still, it's still there. So like, let's, what, what else do I do? And they're like, well, next step is let's have you go do a consult to see then with a orthopedic or neurologist to see. And they say, all right, well, let's do injections and we can do steroid injections directly into the irritated nerve so that it can provide you limited relief. Is it going to get rid of it forever? No. How long? The doctor says, well, I don't really know. It might be, it might be, a week, a month, a year, we're not really we're not really sure. But when the symptoms come back, come on back, right? And all the while, the generation's getting worse. And when all else fails, surgery's the last resort. And so, but then you look at like lumbar surgical fusions or a laminectomy or a discectomy or all of these other aspects when you're like, is there another way? You're like, well, what's causing the problem, right? Like, so if we're going to talk about sciatica, for example, we're like, Okay, so it's pressure and damage on the nerves. It's L4, 5, S1, 2, and 3. So like if you were to put your hands on your hips and kind of pull your thumbs back together, that's the top of where that sciatic nerve comes. 
all the way down to not quite your butt bone, but up a little bit further. So like halfway through your gluteals, all of those nerves come to form the branch of the sciatic nerve that runs down and it's deep, right? Which is why, you know, physical therapy is really great for muscle and ligament related problems. But if it's sciatic nerve, if it's a sciatic nerve problem, what are you doing to address the pressure on the nerve? And that's what I see so often is that we do all of these palliative things, ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and you're like, but that doesn't take the pressure off the nerve. And you're like stretching, damage still on the nerve, acupuncture, massage, biofeedback, pressure and damage is still on the nerve. Injections. Well, that's what they say. It might last a month, a year, a week, a day. Who really knows? We're not really sure because once that pressure is still there, once you aggravate the base of the nerve root that puts pressure on it again, then it flares it up and we say we address it then. And again, all the while, the root cause of the problem is still there. I always share with patients, there's always different paths we can take in terms of health. You know, one is that you do nothing, but you realize it's somewhat of the snowball effect. Things get worse. They last a little bit longer. They don't go away as easily. You can mask it. Tylenol, ibuprofen, muscle relaxers, pain relievers, injections, surgery, but you still take that away. And the underlying root cause of the problem is still there. And that's our goal. Like, let's figure out how to get to the root cause of the problem so it isn't something then you have to continue to keep worrying about for the rest of your life. Now, people will try to take this and spin it and say, I'm so against surgery and all of those things. And I, and I disagree. There are rare cases that sciatica can cause something called, is caused from something called cauda equina syndrome. It is a condition that makes you lose control of your bowel and bladder. That is a straight to surgery situation, right? Like, love you so much, but you, you right now, cauda equina syndrome is not a candidate, for chiropractic. But the good thing is that myself, the practitioners in the office, we are educated enough to be able to kind of figure out like, is this something where we're going to take x-rays and then refer you for an MRI? Is it something that we can evaluate and utilize more conservative care? Or is this something that we say, hey, you know what, this is one that I really think is in your best interest to be able to say bye. You need to go see that orthopedic surgeon. It's just an aspect that um, I've shared this time and time again. I had a patient years ago who came in to see me and he was a radio listener. And he sat back and he crossed his arms and he kind of furrowed his brow and looked at me and said, do you want to know why I came here to see you instead of going to my medical doctor first? And And I was like, yes, I actually do. Because that's very valuable to me. Like, please tell me, like, what is in your thought process that made you choose this? Because oftentimes we're not necessarily the primary. We're the secondary and the tertiary. And he said, I knew that you would be more likely to send me to my medical doctor or out for an MRI than they would ever be to send me to you. Right. And I'm like, very true. Very true. Though, again, that was years ago. So tides, I mean, we had a medical doctor refer us another patient just yesterday. Oh, we have another one, too, who is now coming in because a longtime patient of our office started making nutritional changes. Okay, rephrase. 
a longtime patient of hers, who's a short-term patient of our office, started making nutritional changes and reversed diabetes, which she had been working with this patient for like ever, trying to work on her diabetes and weight loss, started making nutritional changes that we taught in the office. And now is like, okay, let me learn more, you know, because it's just that aspect where you're like, gosh, imagine, right? And I always know this is that co-caring is an amazing thing, right? Like i I'm probably not going to be your only doctor. Probably shouldn't be your only doctor. Like I want those doctors that if you need, if your blood pressure is, you know, 290 over 100, like you you need to go see your primary care. Like you need to get on medication. But let's figure out why it's happening and what can we do from a more natural standpoint to make sure it's not continue to rise, that you don't need a second and a third. We don't put you on medication. We don't take you off medication. But what if we could have all of these practitioners come together to talk about these individual patients and how to best get them well and keep them well? What an amazing thought process. We're not quite done talking about the commons. Osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease, and spinal stenosis are up next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne. Today, we are talking about part two of common spinal diagnoses. So last week, we talked about disc bulges, disc herniations, how we work very specifically with those. Before the break, we talked about sciatica. Now we are talking a little bit about, I'm going to start with spinal stenosis. Um, but we're going to talk about osteoarthritis or degenerative disc disease. Now, spinal stenosis. What is spinal stenosis? Um, this is interesting when I, I go, because I, I know what spinal stenosis is, right? Though that being said, when you look at some of these different definitions that some of these, you know, quote, medical websites have, um, like, for example, Mayo Clinic, spinal stenosis happens when the space inside the backbone is too small. Hmm. Um, they're, they're not wrong. But then when you look at Cleveland Clinic, I'm like, oh, well, your, your words are actually more accurate. Spinal stenosis is a narrowing of the spaces in your spine and can compress your spinal cord, the nerve roots that exit each vertebra, Right. So it's a nearing or one of more of the spaces within your spine. Let me give you a more applicable example of this, right? Your cervical spine, so in your neck and in your lower back, you have forward-facing curves. They're called lordosis. It's not really as important. So if you were to like take your hand with your palm facing your eyes and you make like a C, that's the forward curvature I'm talking about. Most often... This, and they talk about how spinal stenosis usually develops slowly over the course of time. 
Um, and it's most commonly caused by osteoarthritis. We're going to talk about osteoarthritis in a minute. So, but often what happens is when you have a flattening of that curvature, right? So imagine, for example, you have like a banana, right? Like kind of a curve in your neck. And you're like, hey, that inside of the peel fits the banana perfectly. But we're like, what happens if we flatten that banana? Like what happens to the inside? And you're like, well, it reduces the space for the banana. And you're like, what happens to the banana? You're like, well, it crushes it. And you're like, so a tightening of the space can cause the spinal cord and the nerves to become irritated. So similar, if you flatten that banana, if you flatten that banana, guess what happens? Right? And so like these are the aspects when we look at like what does that inevitably look like? And you're like, so they're like chiropractic can't work for that. And you're like, I would beg to disagree. And here's what's really interesting about this. They actually did a research and it's specific. Again, I talked a little bit earlier in this. You can check us out on the podcast, Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne or Freedom95.us if you want to revisit. But they've actually done research. It was research that was published in the Journal of Radiology Case Reports. This was published in 2020. So it was improvements in cervical spinal canal diameter and neck disability following correction of the cervical lordosis and cervical spondylolisthesis using chiropractic biophysic techniques. Okay, that's a mouthful, but let me tell you what it means. It basically looked at cervical spondylolisthesis and it uh, looked at degeneration. It looked at after 30 sessions, 30. So when someone comes into our office sometimes and says, I wouldn't come once and see results, you're like, listen, this is a wear and tear, a slow degeneration over the course of years into decades. So no, it's just like, hi, I ate awful for the last decade. Now I have heart disease and diabetes. I'm going to change my nutrition for one day and want to see all these changes. And you're like, stop it. It's so unrealistic. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, but what they looked at is after 30, 3-0 of CBP, which is chiropractic biophysics, one of the techniques that we use in the office, care over 12 weeks. So 30 sessions over 12 weeks, patients reported improvements in symptoms and disabilities. They actually looked at radiographs. So they took x-rays following up and they revealed improvement in the cervical alignment in spondylolisthesis and spinal canal diameter. They actually saw as, again, the technique that we use at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, this is not necessarily all chiropractic techniques, but as they went through CBP protocols and started to restore that curvature, they actually increased that curvature, right? For lack of better terminology, they restored the banana curve back in their neck. What they found was that it actually increased the canal diameter. And so, so many times we're like, no, when you have... You know, and you look at what's the other aspect of, or spondylolisthesis, they say the only option is surgical. The only option is surgical. And what they often do is they go in uh, and do surgery and they like shave out the back portion of the vertebral body. So the anterior portion, the front portion of the cord, it's the laminectomy or they'll do facets. But they go in and they kind of, and so you're like, well, what, what if there was a more, <laughs> this, is, 
this is crazy. These um these are aspects where all all we do in the office is just open up. We're like, gosh, my team in the last couple of weeks between meeting with um, the IU orthopedic spinal group, figuring out how we can co-care with them, doing this radio show and talking about all of the advanced cases we've seen. The team, the scoliosis, oh my goodness, the complexity of scoliosis that we've seen in the office in the last couple of weeks. We sit down and do a weekly meeting with all the doctors and my team of doctors is like, what is happening? And I was like, guys, I opened a can of worms. But I met with one of the patients that I saw that had this radiculopathy in his neck going into his shoulder. He couldn't drive. He can't lift his arm above. He's like, I'm trying to get back to work now. We've been getting him adjusted multiple times a week. Like he literally was like, I think I need surgery. And I was like, I'm not a surgeon, so I can't tell you yes or no. But, And he's like, my brother had surgery on his neck. And when I tell you, he has zero quality of life. He's not doing better. Like, I, I never want to do that if I don't have to. And we're a month in and he was like, I can't believe the changes that we've seen. I'm not 100%, but I'm definitely better than I was. And then we got another one who's like, I'm four weeks out of surgery. I'm like, why are you doing this? his sister and his mom are patients. I'm like, all right, let's see. And he was like, this is the most relief. It was following three adjustments. He said, this is the most relief that I have seen in over uh, three months. And you're like, okay, right? So it's just one. So if you're having mild pain, I would highly encourage you to like do something about it now, because this is often the one where you're like, imagine I go to the dentist and you're like, hey, how long is your tooth hurt? And they're like, oh, on and off for like seven years. You're like, what are you doing? Why? And they're like, because I could just take some ibuprofen and get through it. And you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this? So it's just opening up a complexity. Now, let's, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Now let's talk about osteoarthritis. So osteoarthritis is the most common form of arthritis. This is oftentimes where, um, you know, people will say like, my mom had it, so I'll have it too. That's not true. This is a degenerative joint disease. And I think the word disease, quote unquote, air quotes, disease is a bit of a misnomer because we're like, oh, it runs in my family. Like if my mom had it, I'll have it too. My brother has it. My mom has it. And that is not necessarily true. Um, this is a wear and tear type of arthritis. I have done different full shows about osteoarthritis wear and tear. Um, but this is one that can happen in the back, the hips, the knees. But it's unequal wear and tear. Something called Wolf's Law. The law is if you have unequal stress and pressure on a joint, the joint acclimates. It changes. Um, it's typically diagnosed through x-rays. Um, but it's the aspect when you're like, how is it treated? And you're like, there's no cure. And that is true to a certain regard. That is one, again, osteoarthritis can lead to degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease. This is an aspect that we thrive on patient education in our office. And so, so many times people come in and if they need x-rays, they're like, well, let me see the x-rays. And I'm like, 100%. I want you to sit down so we can explain what's going on in the x-rays. And they're like, just put them up and show them to me. And my question is always, if I showed them to you right now, could you point to where you had a bone spur? Could you point to where you had degenerative disc disease? Would you understand if I showed you 
a curvature in your neck, could you tell me if that's normal or not normal? And if the answer is not yes or how that degeneration got there, I'm going to have you, I'm going to explain it to you. I want you to see and understand what's going on with your x-rays, understand course of care in terms of management. I'm an adult, you're an adult for, for the most part, right? Um, unless you refer your pediatric child in there and then it would be, I'm an adult, you're an adult and you have authority over your adolescent patient. But anyways, um, so if I say, here's what you're going to do, that doesn't make any sense to me. I want to educate you. So you say, here's what I understand and what I know should be done. So then that way, if you're like, Dr. Leanne, Greenwood Family Chiropractic is the place for me. I know it's because you understand. And if you say, hey, Dr. Leanne, I saw my x-rays and Greenwood Family Chiropractic is not the place for me. I know that you have the full understanding of what is going to happen to that progression of degeneration, what's causing your arthritis, and you made an educated decision to do nothing about it. But if I just say fix it, then you don't really know what you're saying yes or no to. So inevitably, there has to be an aspect of education because you're like, how is osteoarthritis treated? CDC.gov says increase your physical activity. So that makes a lot of sense, right? When you say, hey, I have more aches and pains and sniffness and I have range of motion and swelling and decreased flexibility. They're like, you know what you should do? Just move more. And you're like, that sounds like the opposite of what I should be doing. They're like, lose weight. You know why you have this? Because you're too fat. And again, why do I see people who are not overweight who have osteoarthritis? Why is it on the other end of things that people lose this weight and they, that's not going to change your osteoarthritis. It's diagnosed through x-rays. There's no way your weight loss. Now, is it going to lessen the amount of weight on your joints? Yeah. But then I see people who are like, hi, I lost 50 pounds and I'm still in more pain than I was when I had the 50 pounds on. It doesn't cure it. Medication. They're like OTCs, more OTCs, more OTCs. Oh, if your joints hurt, just use crutches or a cane. Surgery if other things haven't worked. And you're like, how... <laughs> How do you manage? Learn self-management skills. This says join a self-management education class to help people with arthritis and other chronic conditions. You know, get physically active. Talk to your doctor. Lose weight. Protect your joints, right? Like, that's not the cause of it. <laughs> you know, you being overweight didn't cause your osteoarthritis. It, it could exacerbate an underlying. And so it, osteoarthritis, degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease, that is literally one of the things with chiropractic biophysics, the special advanced technique that we use for chiropractic and Greenwood Family Chiropractic. This is why we see more advanced cases. But no, again, the one that I told you about increasing canal diameter with an aspect of osteoarthritis or spinal stenosis, it took 30 visits, three zero. It scares some people, but this is why we have plans that make care affordable for individuals as well as full families. But we just have to get back on. You can't mask symptoms. Let's figure out how to get down to the root problem first and foremost. So the question is then, what does that look like? When you come into the office, we will go through an initial exam and consultation. Comprehensive, figuring out what has been going on, what has worked, what hasn't, what have you tried, where are you at, what is it preventing you from doing. We'll go through range of motion, palpation, we look at postural exams, a weight differential, and we have surface EMG. All of these things put together allow us to know, is this something that warrants further evaluation? 
in our office that would look like x-rays. Now, um, we have very affordable care. If you have questions about your insurance, bring them in. Sometimes insurances cover, sometimes they don't. But we sit down and say, hey, here's what's going on and here's what we think. So when we have, or if you have x-rays taken, you can bring them in. We're like, here's what's going on. Here's how you adjust and how you respond to that adjustment. And we come up with a plan. We say, here's what we think. Frequency, time, cost, insurance, out of pocket, how we make care affordable, multiple family member discounts, whole nine yards. So you will always know time and cost-wise before anything happens. Full transparency, right? We say, here's what that looks like. But first things first, you got to come in. (laughs) Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Hop online to schedule an appointment. From the ease of your own couch, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, and you can schedule your initial exam and consultation. So here's what I will tell you. Obviously coming from a very biased opinion, Um, number one, there's no time better than the present. No, it's not your mattress. No, it's not your pillows. No, some extra icy hot. If there is something underlying going on, it's only a matter of time before your more conservative care isn't going to manage it as well as it could or should. Um, figuring out the aspect of what we can do to help is always the inevitable less, but you don't know that until you're in the office. So if you come in, uh, just because you come in for initial exam and consultation doesn't mean you have to be a patient, but at least getting the education and the key tools to be able to make a better and more educated decision is always where we will stand. Again, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.